Meet Rhonda, a fiery 65-year-old who, at first glance, you might think she's 50, maybe. When you feel her energy, you think that she's maybe 45. Yeah, she's just super fun, and you would never guess her age. But she hasn't always been this energetic, this full of life, this vibrant for the future. Let's take a look at her story, beginning with Mono at 13, Hashimoto's soon after that, and a cascade of trauma events in childhood, which led to led her to a workaholic. And at 62, when her body said, you need to stop, she listened. Here we go. Guys, we have a special treat again for you today because Rhonda is an amazing woman. She's 65 years old, but you would never know it by looking at her. Or <laughs> now the secret is out. <laughs> you don't know, though, that how old you are versus what you've done with your health over the last, who knows how long, two years versus 20 years versus you're just telling me that you got diagnosed with Epstein-Barr virus at 13. Like you've had a history of health issues, but you haven't always gone down the normal route. The route that we know as, or that I call Western medicine, there was this whole other world of medicine that you kind of introduced yourself to and then dove into more. And so what we're going to learn today from Rhonda is not only one, her story, um, she is currently a, st- a certified stress management coach. And I'm guessing the reason why you turned to this <laughs> is because you spent 30 years in the trenches working with the top 250 businesses and burnt out hit. Yeah. And if you'd have told me first, thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm I'm thrilled to be here. And it is, you know, January, National Thyroid Month. And and while my face is not on posters, <laughs> it should be because it's been it's it's a struggle. So just when when it comes to thyroid circumstance, there my mother takes levothyroxine. My one of my sisters does, the other one doesn't. My husband has Graves' disease. So, in in certain, we all have different endocrinologists that are Western medicine people, I, except me. I fired them <laughs> just because. So the the reality for me is uh, I have this undeniable streak, and that's why my coaching is called Undeniable Impact Coaching. I think we're all here for a reason, right? And the reason is like to make an impact and we feel that inside us. And I know that I know that high performers generally go, all right, I have a thing to do and I don't want to be stopped. And at some point your health just goes, yeah, well, sorry. (laughs) Your hair's falling out and it's not funny. And so many other things, just lethargic, brain fog kind of thing. Now, when I'm running in a Fortune 250 company and I'm responsible for making six-figure leaps in real estate businesses, um, there's no chance, there's no time for that foggy thing. <laughs> just, no just, time just for work for but business. That's right. But I'm talking to a doctor, so yeah, <laughs> that's relative. So um, what I what I did, which was not so helpful for me, is I continually tried to stabilize myself with caffeine or um, other things that I realized later were just making it worse. And so, like I was telling you early, like from early on, there were things in my life that were not in. in I didn't think they were normal in other people's lives. My father was an alcoholic and there's like 80 million people today in America <laughs> who say they've grown up in an alcoholic house. So there's a lot of people out there that are are feeling the symptoms of what stress did for them during the time that they were growing up. A child and that has been like one of the things, one of the reasons that I do the stress management masterclass because people don't understand a lot of what impacts them. So that was kind of a an aside there, right? So I didn't really get why so early I had mono at like 13 and Epstein-Barr and chronic fatigue and, uh, you know, like 
on and on. And this was all while my brain was just developing, right? So before I'm 18. So girls' brains develop completely like uh, 25. And guys, I'm sorry to say, they catch up around 28. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, that's true. That's true. <laughs> it is. It is. But they're good. We like our guys. It's good. Anyway, so when you think about all the stress response chemistry, all the stress response dosing that's going on early in life, in, in so many households in America, that's adverse childhood experiences and it changes the shape of your brain. It changes it in the areas where impulsive impulsivity is, where the pleasure centers too. So these are the areas that will find you in a place where you are compulsive, like that compulsive work person, like that that was me, right? Or an impulsive person doing something that was not as not as brilliant as it should have been, not as thought through because these parts in our brain get changed anyway. So that being said, from the time I was very young, I worked hard. I wanted something. I wanted to be free and safe and I went for it. So the stress already now, the, the stress in a younger world is really important to me because it's not a matter of them saying, oh yeah, I want that or no, I don't. They really are just, kids are just trying to hang, just trying yeah. to make it, right? Yeah. And so then- you grow up and you end up going, oh, well, this is what life is. It's hard. And so you accept that stress and then you realize what's happening in your body is uh, not such a good thing. So I have questions for you in that regard before we go further at it, because I'm a fan of your podcast. <laughs> and, uh, and on one of the other podcasts, you were talking about what happens in terms of you get labs and they come back while you're just normal and you're normal or your thyroid happens to be a little bit low. Um, And so they give you this medicine and it doesn't seem, I mean, I remember young thinking, why am I taking this? Because it didn't feel like it mattered at all. But anyway, so later on in life, as I pushed and pushed and pushed this, I found out that I had Hashimoto's thyroiditis, right? And so that means that my body's actually working against me. So now it's important. Okay, so now I'm hurting my own self. So this is the plot twist that kind of goes, okay, wait, <laughs> I've been going to doctors all this time. I've had insurance, so I made sure that every time, you know, I had my checkups and I, I did everything that I was supposed to do. And when they do those labs, I mean, they do, I think, less labs when you're younger than when you get older, right? And so finally, I probably when I turned around 40, maybe they started taking more labs and saying, well, you know, your thyroid's a little low, but it started to get to a point where I was so tired. I mean, I can't explain how tired this tired is. It's like, it becomes something that's just like, now I'm in danger because I can't do the thing that would normally protect me, right? Which is work. work. <laughs> because for me, that means I work, I make an income, I get control over my life. Basically, those, those are the things that were important for me. And when you get to a point where you're so exhausted and then your hair starts falling out, you're like, okay, I have, I have issue here. So what, I'm, what I wondered that no one had ever said to me, because I hear that their um, autoimmune disease. Can you talk to me about how autoimmune disease is actually sometimes an infection? Like your body's trying to kill this infection and it just doesn't know when to stop? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, talk to me about that. So the, the podcast you're referring to is probably is the one with Dr. Greg Mojan. Um, I, think it's, mm-hmm. I think it's number 14 but it's the autoimmune and infection connection. Yeah. So what happens with an autoimmune disease is, and what you said literally is, is that your body is fighting itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. In your case, your body's fighting your thyroid. Mm-hmm. In my family's genetic history, it's Parkinson's. So it's going to start mm-hmm. destroying the nervous system. In another person, it's MS. In somebody else, it's Crohn's. Like Your body can only handle so much. 
until your immune system literally throws its hands up in the air and says, okay, I'm done. And I'm just going to start attacking anything I want to attack. Your genetic code tells it what to attack. Mm. So think about this as in a cup and you're overflowing your cup. Your body can only handle so much. The cup can only handle so much. And then there's that trigger. For some people, it might be a vaccine at age three. That might be the overflowing cherry on the cake. It could be an infection. For another one, it could be a very stressful event. A family member dies or something like that. Whatever it is that overflows your cup, now your gene is triggered on. And now you have all these symptoms of the immune disease, autoimmune disease, whatever it is that your genetic code says. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep, it does. So in your case, when you got diagnosed with Epstein-Barr virus at 13, I would say in 95% of individuals, when I go through their labs, they have some type of hidden virus. Now, this virus is not active enough to say that, oh, you're going to have a positive test. You're only going to have a positive monotest if you literally can't even walk up five stairs. I had that too. Yeah, like that's how tired you're going to be to get the test to be positive. When it comes to the hidden infection, you can have, I mean, research has shown that 90% of us have a virus hanging out in our bodies at all times. They've specifically said Epstein-Barr virus, but it's just a matter of when is that virus activated a little bit more and when is it more dormant? You want all of these infections, the virus, the bacterial infection, the parasites, you want all these things to be dormant, to not have any role inside of your body. But because we are stressed, because we kids are growing up in traumatic livelihoods experiences that they just associate as normal, we've got 2020 in our hands. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So it's just a matter of how much can your body tolerate whether you were, you were born with, I mean, you're born with your mom's body, basically. Um, <laughs> so whatever your mom gave you determines on how full your cup is when you're born. Right. Say, oh, well, I live next to a power plant that's constantly pumping up crap into the energy. And I've li- I lived there for 15 years growing up. Well, that's just going to add more to your cup. So then... Right. 22 years old, you get your first job, the stress levels are high, boom, activated. Or it activated the virus, the low-grade infection. Now it's not low-grade. Now it's, I have a positive test. Mm-hmm. So it's not, it's not necessarily the infection causes the autoimmune. It's the infection plays a role I see. in how much your body can handle. In most cases, especially with autoimmune disease, like I've had multiple people with MS, Rheumatoid arthritis was the other one. He's, he's 25 years old and got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. And the doctor says, oh, you have to take Humira and inject this into your body once a month, once a week for the rest of your life. That's like 70 years of this injection. And he was like, no, that's not okay with me. There has to be something else. To, that There has to be a reason why my body is all of a sudden attacking my joints. And so what I did was I pulled his records. I went back and I found, oh, well, we have parasites his eosinophils, which is the marker for parasites, was at 19.8, I think, um, when it should be less than three. Wow. So, but yet, like, you know, the doctor says, oh, well, I mean, that, that marker's there. I don't really know what to do with it. So I'm just going to say, that's normal. Here you go. See you again in six months. That makes me crazy. I mean, that seriously, that makes me bonkers. When I... When I talk to my people and they say, I've got the labs, I had all the work done because I I do, I tell them, you need to know who you are. Okay. I have, I did a 23andMe, not caring if there was another child in the world that I didn't know about, but because I want to know what I'm made of. I want to know what genes are overactive and which ones are not. I want to know, because I want to take care of me. Because really, you can be dealt a really not so good hand, but if you know what you're dealt, then you can accentuate the positive I and love understand, yeah. right? 
yeah. you can totally understand why, I don't know, Einstein, this is a perfect quote, Einstein, you can judge a fish for riding a bike, but you will constantly be disappointed because <laughs> fish aren't meant to ride a bike. So if your genes say <laughs> you're not meant to ride a bike, stop riding the bike, right? There is an impact that only you can make. And apparently it's not on a bike, you know? Yeah. So not only genomics, nutrigenomics now, there's food that you can, you know, there's ways that you can eat for turning on or off, you know, uh-huh. helping your genomics. Have, yeah. you, have you talked to Michelle yet? Oh my gosh, you have to have her on your podcast. You Michelle, do. what's her last name? Uh, okay, I was getting confused. So it's Gottfried. Michelle Gottfried. Yes. And um, her work is nutrigenomics. And it's really amazing. So I'm sending her, I told her I was going to be a guinea pig. <laughs> so I'm sending her my 23andMe because she can help me understand exactly who I am. It's a blueprint. And there's a lot of things in life that tell us what the blueprint is. And patterns are the first thing to look at, right? I mean, for me being a coach, when I see somebody stressed, I'm looking at their stress fractures. Like we as a society are so detached from our bodies because our brain says, got to do, got to have, got to be, got to go. And all the things that our body is telling us, like, I don't know about you, but I use my body as a tool, right? It was like going to get me from A to B. Right. And when it when it was like, I'm tired or I'm whatever, I'm like, you know, like when it's hurting, I was like, rub some dirt on it, go. But that all comes from your growing up as a child. Right. That is really, I must say, even though I'm the one that did it, not a good idea (laughs) because there's so many messages that come from your body that will give you. They, they will give you the clues that you need, the messages that you need to know how best to deal with the amazing body that you've been given. Yeah, it took me forever to figure that out. Decades. Rhonda, I know the ones who are listening to this are like, okay, I'm listening to my body and I know something's wrong, but they go to their doctors and their doctors keep telling them that their labs are normal. So the first thing you don't do is get really mad. Because then you can't think. <laughs> because uh, all I wanted to do is just like swear this. There, two, there were two of them. Because I said, no, no. She said, honey, honey, you just need an antidepressant. I said, are you kidding me? Like, I'm nothing against, you know, psych drugs, whatever. Whatever you're short, let's get you full, right? Like, I'm good with that. But it can't be the first line of defense, right? So my body was telling me, this is not working here. This is not working. And she's saying, I'm looking at your numbers and it's normal. And I said, you can, I could told her where she could put her normal. And um, just, <laughs> I was, I was kind about it ish, you know, but, <laughs> but I mean, I understand that the Western medicine is especially, I think a lot of their hands are tied behind their backs because they have certain norms that are the only thing that will allow them to get money from insurance. And so we go to them and we continue to pay more money and more money to get less response. When I went to someone, I, I this is, was like one of the luckiest days of my life. I met this young lady who is now my one of my best buddies and she knew functional medicine. She just had grown up that way. Um, they used to call people like that hippies. <laughs> like, you know, no, 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 food can heal me or, you know, but the reality is there is another way. And your body like is telling you your symptoms are messages. And so it's not just a, you know, when you, when you think like I get out migraine every single day. Like, what is this deal? So that's why I have to drink coffee or that's why I have to do these other things. Your body is saying something's up. And so to go to a functional medicine and say, doctor and say, I, I get these, I get these headaches all the time. They're like, oh, okay. Environmentally something's up or food allergies. I cleaned up my diet 
meaning I know gluten is bad for me because I I knew how my body felt. Like at the end of a day, if you feel like you're bloated and pregnant or something, or exhausted, or itchy, or headaches, I mean, there's there's something going on. And so I listened. I took three months off of work and said, I'm going to do what my body says. I mean, I know I don't speak body. <laughs> like I don't think I speak the same language, but what your body's looking for you to do is react to the messages in a change with what you do with your body. So it's saying, you're using my body like this. I want you to not use it like that now. Your body understands that, right? And so for these three months, if I was hungry, I ate and I was careful about inflammatory things because I was already Epstein-Barr virus positive. My entire body, my skin hurt. Like there was inflammation all over, right? Because you you can hardly move. It is the most incredible thing as well. I, I think there was probably swelling in my brain as well. Never had anything like that measured. <laughs> but the headaches were in, incredible for a long time. While I tried to clean up my diet, because here's what I said. Okay, whatever it is, I need to take control and responsibility for what I can change. And that is what I'm eating, what I'm drinking, what I'm thinking, and what I'm doing or not doing with my body. Okay, this is basic, right? So I was drinking too much wine because I couldn't sleep. So I would be all wound up during the day right? Because I was obviously using coffee to help me bolster me in terms of being so exhausted that at nighttime, I, I couldn't stop. And there was this elephant like on my chest. This is the stress. Like I could hardly take an entire breath. Um, and so the brilliant brain I have says, you know, let's have a glass of wine because that equals relaxation or whatever. And it would eventually help me sleep for, I don't know, a couple hours. And then you wake up anyway right? And then you have all kinds of inflammation and other issues to help you feel crappy, you know? So, um, so I just stopped doing that. And when I needed to sleep, I slept. I used to think I can sleep when I'm dead. Like I have a lot to do here. And, <laughs> and, and I, I mean, really, I find I curiosity. And, and, <laughs> well, then I, I changed it. If I don't sleep, I'm going to be dead. I didn't yeah. realize like 700 health promoting genes come to your rescue when you sleep. That's just a piece of it. 700 genes in your mm -hmm, help you to reset and detoxify yourself in all kinds of things. So after three, I'm not kidding you, three months, I just did, and I did meditation too, because I was desperate for anything. Yeah. Unashamedly desperate for anything that would slow down the chaotic patterns in my brain. Because it was just so much that um, you think cognitively, like just sleep alone is going to hurt your <laughs> cognitive health, your health, your processing health is not going to be the same, right? So you're going to feel like when somebody's talking to you, you wish your face is flypaper. So that it would just stick long enough for you to go, oh, what'd they say? You know, like that was at its height. But seriously, all these things just in three months, 90 days, while I was waiting for gated MRIs and information to come in on my heart because I did end up in the emergency room. It looked like a heart attack. And I mean, I'm at that age that I'm like, oh, well, I mean, it was two years ago, but still was, you know. 63. And I thought, oh, this is it. I have literally run myself into a wall. And here I am in the emergency room, melting down that wall, a mere fraction of the person I used to be. How did this happen? So yeah, then the heart was fine. And the tests were fine. And my cardiologist said, Rhonda, all your tests are good, your heart is strong. This is on you. Like you have to 
reduce the stress. This is stress-related anxiety. And yes, it can hurt you bad. Yeah, you can't do this. You can't keep doing this. But I can't help you. And so basically said, I know this is not a popular thing to say. And if you have another suggestion, I'm open to it. But I work on hearts. I can't tell you what to do with your stress, how to reduce it. And so there I am again with the same thought process that got me to that spot. That's supposed to be the process that got me out of it. So the good news was my heart was strong. (laughs) The three months that followed that, I just thought, okay, I'm just going to, those were those three months I'm telling you about. And just by paying attention to what my body said to me into being just me, unapologetically, whoever I am meant to be on this planet, I'm going to find out right now. And everything else just dropped, everything. And trust me, I had like every plate spinning on the planet. So in the meanwhile, I wrote down everything that I did. And I went back to my cardiologist at the end of those three months And he was like, I don't hardly recognize you. And so now my program is recommended by him. So now he doesn't have to tell anybody else. I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. How your current state is going to be changed. You know, like when he has somebody like me that he has to say, I don't have anyone to recommend you to. Yeah, and And really. Sends sends them to you. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I'm not a doctor by any stretch. That's why it's such a pleasure to talk to you because I'm like... I know part of why things happen, but in order to just get my brain back so I could think. And so I wasn't so exhausted and I started feeling alive and not like I was 800 years old. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And so yeah. Rhonda, think about all of the external stressors, the work job. I mean, not only do we have the external stressors, but we're, our bodies are also fighting things internally too. Whether it be yeah. the air we breathe, the food we eat. When you said you cut gluten out, I've heard people say, oh, well, I'm so sick because the the American diet or like or our food quality. Or, I mean, they're always blaming their food and the food is just one piece of the pie. It, it food- is. And you can do something about the food too, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just have to. I grew Go up ahead. with my family's dairy farmers. Oh. Going dairy-free is blasphemy, but I am dairy-free because... Oh, me too. <laughs> asthma, GERD. Yes. I mean, Nate, the list goes on. Pneumonia, like that's just, that has all gone away in the last, you know, six, seven, eight years since I went dairy-free. And the first time I heard it, my doc told me, he was like, you need, look at going dairy-free. I got all this acne, like every time my period would come out. Yeah. Like, okay, my period's here because my acne is all over my face. And then we'll just go away. And one of the functional medicine guys who in, well, who introduced me to the whole concept of functional medicine, he was like, hey, just try going dairy-free. And in my head, I'm thinking, but I just came off my nutrition bachelor's degree. And they say that calcium is loaded in dairy and you need to have lots of calcium. So you need to drink lots of milk and it's good for your bones. And the food plate, like... There is a food pyramid. There's a whole section for dairy. Like that was just so what I was taught and what I had just paid $50,000 for to get this nutrition degree and go forward and do dietetics was the plan, become a dietitian. And then I learned, wait a second, there's a whole nother world out there. I don't even know exists, but I got introduced to it. And then I was like, okay, if I'm looking at the why, if Rhonda comes into my office and she's the hot mess, she's got the Epstein-Barr virus, just got the Hashimoto's disease and wants to know, how do I not manage this stuff? I want to beat it. Yeah, yeah. That's where I I mean, I'm in. If I can feed things, help people beat things, I'm in. I'm not all about, I'm not managing. Managing is not my so, you know, if that's all you can do, if managing is all I can do, then it's okay because I'll take responsibility for that. But for me, people don't know there's, I mean, the endocrinologist that told me that your Hashimoto's is, is not, has nothing to do with your life right now, not a thing to do with your life, blah, blah, blah. These are your, 
your counts are fine. This is not it. You need an antidepressant. And then I went to the next endocrinologist and he actually took, I think it was a sonogram, you know, where they, they put a little, and they, he showed me, he showed me my thyroid was not exactly alive and well, but it was alive. <laughs> he showed me. <laughs> it looked like the surface of a planet, right? So this, like, you could see where the, where the body had been just terrorizing it. It's the most amazing thing. But I was so grateful just to know it wasn't in my head. Because you could, t- I mean, I had no idea how important a thyroid is. We're talking thyroid in your gut. We're talking, right? Mm-hmm. Everything. Like, do your, do your, do they know about that? It's National Thyroid Month. Tell them how important <laughs> There are four factors. I just taught this on Fox 26 Houston. That's right. On on Monday. So I literally had to condense. How do I teach the thyroid? This complex gland that is influenced by so many pieces of your body. How do I teach it in three minutes? And make it. I was amazed. (laughs) I practiced. I set my timer on my side on the side of this laptop and I just practiced and eliminated a lot of the junk, the extra jargon. So your thyroid, think about it as one piece of a system. Okay. And it's at the bottom of that system. So if you look upstream and you think, okay, by the time all of this is impacting my body, the I call it the HPT. So there's a three key pieces inside this system. H talks to P, P talks to T with the TSH, that marker that often gets identified as a thyroid marker really isn't thyroid, it's pituitary. Your pituitary (laughs) makes the TSH, not the thyroid. Mm -hmm. So it communicates to the thyroid with that TSH marker. Now, you know this because of your experience. You went in, you probably had Hundreds of thyroid labs done. Sometimes they took a little bit more than TSH, but probably not. They're probably like, oh, let's just take TSH, good, call it done, and say, oh, well, that falls between 0.5 and 5.5, so that's our normal range. It looks good. I don't care about your hair loss and your inability to lose weight and your brain fog and your constipation (laughs) and and all those fun stuff because your number looks good. Yeah. You You know who finally did the test for me? My gynecologist. She said, are they doing all the teas? And I'm like, oh, what teas? I didn't even know they existed. And she's like, I'll order it. So she ordered the full thing. Just, I mean, I've been with her for the longest time because, yeah. So anyway, she knows me. You ordered more labs. So if you're only getting a few pieces of the puzzle, it's really hard to put the puzzle together. Yeah. Correctly. Okay. So TSH, ideally, you want it to be between 1.8 and 3. That's the ideal lab range. That's me saying, I have energy. My hair is healthy and strong. I can lose the weight when I want. My body temperature is regulated. I'm not always curled up in a blanket while everybody else is around me is just fine. So there's a difference between normal and ideal lab ranges. Normal lab ranges are like, hey, good luck finding your favorite restaurant between California and New York. Right. Good luck. It's not going to happen. Less than helpful. Yeah. Not helpful. Yeah. So then we go into the TSH. Now, there are two factors that play an important role on how your pituitary produces your TSH. The whole entire thing is a cascade. Those two factors are hmm, stress hmm. and inflammation. Hmm. So stress is literally going to impact your thyroid, literally. Now you have all these external stressors, these things, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a doctor, I'm a mom, I have a three-year-old and an eight-month-old at the babysitter right now. Like, I come home, I'm going to go get them in an hour, I come home, I got to cook dinner, I got to, you know, all these things that I'm going to have to do what you do here pretty soon. (laughs) Check out from the world so my body can calm down. But in the meantime, I'm going to make sure that there's nothing internally stressing me. We right. make sure I'm eating the, the foods that my body likes. If I eat dairy, that's a stressor. If, um, I mean, I don't do, I don't eat much gluten, period. Just, we used to eat pasta growing up and have cereals for breakfast and 
and Italian and French toast. And I mean, I don't eat any of that anymore. I love yeah, pasta, yeah. but I, it's not worth it. <laughs> so I just don't eat it. But just beware of that. You can control some stressors. And to mm-hmm. control those and then eliminate those internal stressors, the things like the infections, the things like the inflammation. And usually the stressor that's on the inside of your body is the same thing causing the inflammation. So we can tackle mm-hmm. both. Right. Okay. And that would have been so helpful. I mean, really, even the people that did help me, I mean, I, I did end up in the holistic industry, the functional medicine industry, you guys don't get the credit that you should because most of the practitioners are so intuitive. They are really listening, really in tune with what bodies say by what symptoms. You know, they're so in tune. I mean, you wouldn't find that in Western medicine. They don't give them time to do that. You know, but I mean, just I did now I go, I'm I'm doing my part because I know who I am. I know, I know I'm a little stress freak a little bit. I can be excitable. I understand that. Um, so I make sure that I don't overbook myself. I make sure that I do the workout that supports, you know, that kind of gives me an outlet for a lot of that energy in there. And, and it also gives me some other good chemistry, right? So, I mean, it, it helps, but um, I think really one of the things that if you're the person out there listening now that said, I've, I've done all the things I think that I can do and I still work too much. I still am busy every moment of every day. And there's, doesn't, there's not an end in sight. And I feel like because I can do all these things like high performers can, that I should do these things. And really, I would submit to you that that's a trauma response. You know, when you have no time for anything else, you are actually protecting yourself from looking at the things that you would have to look at if you had the time to do that. And I get to say that because I was that and I understand that. And you know, it's trauma has, it's such a big word. It feels heavy. I'm like, it's, oh my gosh, years of un, unraveling that. And it's, I mean, I'm not going to say it's easy by any stretch. But it's so freeing. You just get an awareness and you have somebody next to you, you know, somebody in your camp, somebody, a coach, a somebody that helps you co-regulate into healthier, like healthier habits so that you can give yourself some time, some downtime and not be afraid of all the random thoughts that might be inside your head because you're not thinking very kind thoughts to yourself. You will learn how to handle those things, right? So there's there's yeah. help for, for people who are still in the, you know, workaholic, <laughs> overachiever and proud of it kind of thing, you know? Like I'm, I'm never going to call anybody down for that because I tried so hard to change it for so long. And until I ended up in the emergency room and thought, how can I, keep, I'm smart. How do I keep getting here? <laughs> Why is this? It's just because it's something that you just don't realize kind of has a hold on you and you go, guess I should get it that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of times moms will say, well, I was doing fine until I had baby number five. Okay. Well, (laughs) how old are the, how old are four? I mean, I'm in Utah. This is a common thing. They have have an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a a five-year-old, a a three-year-old, a one-year-old. And now, you know, I mean, it's just back to back to back to back to back to back to back because that's what we do in this culture. And, and then it's like my bot, like their bodies literally fall apart at 30 years old because they've got four kids already and they never allowed their bodies to heal in between every single one. Do you have a hard time teaching people how to take care of themselves? I mean, women, especially, I think to do, to practice self-care. Do you hear it all the time? Yes. And I don't think that we allow ourselves to do it. I mean, I just barely sent, I worked with my eight month old baby. She'll turn eight months, eight months old in three days. This is the first week she's gone to a babysitter and it's still like, Oh, I could still, I could still work with her. I could still like, I can still spend that time with being the mom thing and the doctor thing at the same time. And I'm like, wait a second. No, 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 no. I did awesome. 
I rocked it for six months. <laughs> you are rocking it, girl. I give myself credit for that because I was a, I, I gave myself a week after I gave her, the, like after I delivered a baby, I gave myself a week. That being in said. world is that okay? Are you well, kidding? So hard on yourself. Oh. That being said, I, I quit the, the brick and mortar practice. Like I just, oh, gotcha. I'm not doing a brick and mortar thing. I'm going completely virtual and completely online. So I can do the mom and the doctor thing much easier than I could at a brick and, brick and mortar practice. So, I mean, I have made those adjustments and I've completely changed every business model I had from the get-go. But there That's are- That's a huge example to set for your people. That's a big deal. Yeah. Congratulations on that. <laughs> there are things that we can do. We just don't look for it. We always use that. Well, I'm I'm a mom. Excuse. Yeah, yeah. So tell me how how you can do because I'm I would love like collaborating with you in my in my group just because I'm not a doctor and I don't want to speak to it. You know, not licensed for all that. You know, yeah. but it's so helpful and it's great now. I mean, this is one of the good things that's come out of the pandemic. If you ask me. Um, for you to be able to, you, you can order labs and you can do all kinds of things, can't you? Like, so a lab is a lab is a lab, and it really is important who is looking at it and what yes. their skill set is, yes. right? I always say your lab is only as good as whoever's reading it. That's true. You can get every lab under the sun, but if that person who's not who's reading it doesn't know how to read that lab right, it's really worthless. Like I, I'll have people who ha- it's. There's this, a test called the organic acid test, the oat test. People from naturopaths, they'll go to naturopaths, they'll go to any type of alternative doctor. We all know that this test exists. It's a test that tells you how your body, how efficient is your body at taking energy or taking food and converting it into energy. It gets into every single chemical equation from the moment you eat food to the moment it produces ATP in your cells. Wow. So it's a really cool test. But fascinating toy. <laughs> yeah. Very few docs of any alternative. I don't care who, if you're a chiropractor, or naturopath, I don't care who you are. Very few know how to read it. Yeah. In details. So I will end up pulling, I pull medical records of all sorts if they've been to another doctor, another naturopath, I don't care functional medicine lab test, I don't care what it is. And I pulled many of these oat tests where whoever took the test for them, the, the patient had no explanation whatsoever of the results. They were just handed the results and said, here's, here's your test, lab test. And that's a test that's very difficult for us trained doctors to read, let alone somebody who's just trying to use Google to figure it out. Yeah, I hear people all the time say things like, um, well, be sure you get a copy of that, you know, x-ray or be sure you get a copy of that. I'm like, what good is that copy going to do me? Because I can't read it, (laughs) right? So it's about having somebody that you trust to have your back. That is the deal. To me, the most amazing thing about we humans is we do have each other's back in many ways, if we let the the others help support us. That's being in this BCC group has taught me so much just about asking and, and about allowing, you know, allowing other people. Like, I think because we get to a place where we just don't trust. And honestly, a great portion of the people walking around on this planet are walking around in fight or flight. Their executive fun- function in the Frontal lobe is not even there. And they really have this myopic vision and really all they're looking for are things that will hurt them, right? That's, I mean, not, it works great if you're running from a bear and trying to get out of the woods, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to exist in the world, having that, I don't trust you. I, I, I feel, feel like you might, you know, if I tell you I'm vulnerable, if I show any vulnerability, I mean, that is like the lowest form of, fear. I mean, it's so sad. I hate to see that anyway. So my, in my practice, I try really hard to teach people how to understand who they are, know their stress so that they can keep, stay out of fight or flight. 
bodies work so much better. It's so damaging to run all the time in fight or flight. And I would submit to you that I spent a great deal of my life doing that. I don't even know how I've done what I've done up to this point. (laughs) And and Rana, just closing up here, speaking of fight or flight, if you're always in in fight or flight, your bowel system, your gut is not going to absorb the food that you're eating and it's not going to work efficiently. So if you're running on constipation and you're trying to take magnesium to help spill over your bowel movements, are you really needing the magnesium or do you really just need to get your body out of that fight or flight and more into rest and digest? And and think about it. The last time you ate something, did you sit down and eat it with nothing else bothering you? Did you take 20 bites before you swallowed it? Or are you always eating while you're doing something else and just rushing to get food in your stomach? Yeah, so much of that. I mean, and there... Some of we could do another one on biohacks when it comes to like the things that you can do. I mean, you always have your breath. I, I can never leave without giving somebody a tip. <laughs> so you you always have your breath, and your breath is a single thing that can downregulate your nervous system. And so when you feel yourself just getting, even if it's like oh, I'm so rushed, it, it takes seconds, a thought, a feeling, a smell even to put you in fight or flight. So if you see yourself just getting all worked up about it, the most efficient way to like get the rest of the stuff done that you need to get done (laughs) is to make sure you're not in fight or flight. And so stop the like two deep breaths, like in and then blow it all the way out and do that like four times because what... I love Stanford University Huberman Labs. If you've ever had a chance to listen to Andrew, Dr. Andrew Huberman, is it brilliant? But anyway, what he says is that it actually takes your lungs, the, the quick up, up, opens your lungs, fills them with air, and then when you blow them out, all the toxins are blown out and everything like that. So it actually not only does it down regulate your nervous system, but it also kind of resets. Your body, your brain. Breathe deeply. Breathe to where your stomach rises. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, Rhonda, well, you said you're a host for a podcast. What's your podcast? Undeniable Impact. That's right. I wrote that, <laughs> I wrote that down right here. Yeah, it was. That's one of the things that I, when I got labs or I had a problem that I could never get solved and I felt like I, I'm smart. I should be able to handle this. I will not be denied. So undeniable. That's I me. love it. So go check yeah. out undeniable impact on all major podcast platforms. Rhonda is your host. Mm-hmm. Rhonda, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing some of your story with your knowledge and how you overcome you. health adverse effects. You're 65, you act like you're 50 and you look like you're 45. So <laughs> whatever you've done the last three years, it's worked. Yay, going to keep doing it. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yep. problem I had before I came to Dr. Kylie's, I was exhausted. I, I felt like I was going into a hole and I couldn't get up in the morning. I, midday, I was having to drink a second cup of coffee to keep going. It was just, I, I felt like I was shriveling. I've always done things holistic. I don't go to a lot of doctors. So it wasn't that I was reaching out to doctors. I, I'm a master herbalist. I've been into herbs for 28 years. So I was trying to do things on my own, though I have worked with doctors all of my adult life in one form or another. Um, so I had medicine access at any time I wanted to. I could go to the doctor and say I have a real bad sore throat. And that was one of the problems that I had is I had constant um, tonsillitis, severe tonsillitis, even though I had my tonsils out, they, they weren't taken out properly. And I felt like that was becoming more severe. If someone is thinking about starting the program with Dr. Kylie, I would definitely tell them to follow her protocol. She knows what she's doing. Um, And be patient. It's not a quick fix. 
you have to look at how long you've been sick and you have to realize that it, it, you're coming out of a hole and it's not going to be overnight. As I look back on this interview, I realized that we were talking about the gut and the thyroid and we never finished the conversation. How was the gut and the thyroid correlated? Did you know that constipation is actually can be a thyroid symptom, not a lack of magnesium? So when, when you follow that cascade we were talking about, the HPT system, the thyroid, your thyroid makes this hormone called T4. T4 has to get converted into T3 and that hormone is what goes out and talks to your body. It tells every single cell in your body to improve its metabolism so you can lose weight. It tells your cells to regulate your body temperature. T3 also tells your cells to have healthy hair, to help your brain so it can remember instead of having so much brain fog. T3 is a powerful hormone, but the problem is T4 converts into T3 in two locations, your gut and your liver. So if your gut and your liver, either one of them, are struggling, one, your liver is not able to keep up the pace with everything it has to detox, and two, your gut has some crap in it, whether it's bacteria, uh, too many bad bacteria, parasites, viruses, um, I mean, you name it, your gut is personalized to you, and therefore you need to treat it like it's a personalized treatment plan. No one-size-fits-all pill, no one-size-fits-all lab test. Trust me, I've seen the Facebook ads, ads out there. I know what's being preached in regards to the gut. So your gut is vital towards your thyroid. It is so important for having enough T3. Rather than just taking medication that has T3 in it, help your body out by feeding the entire cascade, fixing the stress issues, the inflammation, figuring out what's wrong with your gut, getting your bowel movements so they're daily, and then helping that liver out. That's the conclusion of our thyroid discussion. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Definitely go check hers out. And then don't forget to refer a friend and shoot us over a review so we can learn what you guys are liking and what you're not liking. Hopefully just what you're liking though. <laughs>